Thanks for listening to Two Girls, One Plant. We're your hosts, Madison. And Jillian. And this week, we're actually Two Girls, One Mouse Club. What? Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Was that your Mickey Mouse? That's my only impression I got. Oh, that's great. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) So this week, we are super duper excited to welcome the host of the Mouse Club podcast, Marissa, who also happens to be my sister. So I'm very biased, but it's such a fun podcast. And so we're really happy to have you on. Yay! This is my first pod swap ever. I'm so excited. You're you're official. You're now our pod mm-hmm. pod cousin, Aww, as we like to yeah. say. But really, it's kind of weird because your sister. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for being here and dealing with our awful technical difficulties the last hour. Oh my god, we've been like trying to figure all this out. So. Glad we finally did, and we're recording. <laughs> but we would love to um, get to know you a little bit and about your podcast and who you are. So tell us a little about yourself. Yeah. So like Jillian said, I'm her stepsister, <laughs> but <laughs> I also am a former Disney cast member and Universal team member. So I've always been super passionate about Disney. So is Jillian. We all we grew up in Florida, so we went all the time to the theme park. And yeah, my passion for Disney like really took off when I went to college because I went to UCF, which is here in Orlando. So I worked at both the parks while I was in college. I was also auditioning and I got fitted to be friends with Princess Anna a few times. Never made it all the way, but it was pretty cool (laughs) experience. And so now I have my Mouse Club podcast. I call it a Disney podcast for the young at heart. Mm. That's how I would describe it. And it's just a fun time. Had some pretty fun guests. And this is really exciting. Yeah, you have some fire guests, I have to say, on your podcast. I'm like V impressed with like how many really cool people you get on your show. I know. I feel so lucky, especially I just took a risk. Like I just DM them on Instagram and I get lucky sometimes. So <laughs> I think my favorite was the, um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name, but the guy who played Thackeray Binks from Hocus Pocus. Oh yeah. Jason Marsden. Oh my God. Yes. It I was, was so cute. Fangirling. I was fangirling I while know. listening. He's been in so many things. It was so cool. Yeah. He really has. Yeah. He's awesome. You have our starting your plant journey correct or you have been on a plant journey right yes so you guys back i don't remember which episode it was one of your first episodes in your first season i remember Julian said something about like i hate when people say i can't grow plants you said something like that and you're like you just have to learn how to take care of them and i was like i don't want to learn i'm stubborn because <laughs> <laughs> there there is like a lot that goes into it and then everybody told me as soon as you get one you're going to get another, you're going to get another, and that's when the obsession starts. It's a slippery slope. Blake, my husband, he, like, we just moved to Orlando again, and he was dying to get plants. And so we went to Ikea, which I know, I know, Ikea with the rainforest. We did not buy that much, but we did get two succulents there. And so we started with those. I have an aloe and a cactus. And then my mom got me an orchid as a housewoman gift. I have an orchid. Oh, nice. And then we have a little fruit fly situation going on. So someone to get peppermint oil. I was like, why get peppermint oil when I can just get the peppermint plant? So (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome. So how many plants are you at now? Four. 
but I do want to get more herbs for oh, sure. Nice. Yeah. I feel like herbs do well in Florida, right? Oh, yeah. Such good light and the, humidity. Yeah. It's Take great. off down there. Yeah. Good for I'm you. Excited. Get get on that Thanks. plant journey. I've killed my succulents in the past, so we'll see how long they make it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, as you mentioned, like, you know, you, you're both passionate about Disney. I'm actually very passionate yeah, about right? Disney. Yeah, right, you went all the time, too. All the time. And, you know, my family lives in Florida, so we would do, like, mm-hmm. the VIP tours. Like, we had access to that and going Aww. to, like, Universal. Like, we... I love Disney. I, I I feel like there's like this weird thing though with like some adults being like obsessed with Disney and it's like this weird cliche, but I'm like, no, like if it makes you happy, like mm-hmm. screw you. Like we're happy. Like what? It, and it's so innocent at like a certain point. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I love it. I love going. And like, I've been watching all these videos preparing too for speaking with you today. So I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. Ready for a trip. I'm ready for a vacation. <laughs> COVID be over i know right well okay so there's like a a line so this is what a lot of uh like disney podcasts call it so there's disney adults and then there's adults who love disney okay so like disney adults is basically like oh everything is magical reality doesn't exist (laughs) the world is a fantasy okay so and then you know there's people like us who are adults who love disney so we can separate Disney from the real world and also talk about real world issues which has been like a big thing recently like for example there's one girl her name is the pixie traveler and she was very outspoken about the capital riot and she got so much criticism people like this is a Disney page we shouldn't be talking about that wow like why wouldn't I use my platform to talk about something that's so significant and important you know yeah and it's the same thing with like black lives matter and stuff like some people just will not post because they're like oh it's a disney page everything is happy here Interesting. so i think that's like the fine line between like disney adults and just adults who love disney if we can separate ourselves you know i like that there's a lot of i've been listening to a lot of podcasts including Brene brown's but a couple of others that have been talking a lot about like this dichotomy and being able to hold the trauma and sadness of everything going on because of multiple pandemics and you know all of these racial issues while also being able to hold on to like happiness and success Mm -hmm. and being able to live in both worlds and I feel like that's that's that Disney line like we can love happiness and pixie dust and all of the (laughs) amazing things that Disney does and still call out racial issues and pay our bills like grown-ass adults exactly Exactly. I love that. I have a theory that people who love like Disney, not just Disney, but also like anime and like just the fantasy, I have a theory that all, all most of us are people who struggle with mental health, mm. I guess is the best way to describe it. Because it's like our escape, you know, it's a happy place. It's a place where not a lot of bad things happen. Yeah. But like it is, you know, like we said, super important to like still talk about those issues and I think that's why we all like gravitate towards each other in a happy little cluster because we all kind of can relate with each other and the experiences we've shared <laughs> true <laughs> well and that's like a big thing I think we notice in the plant community too. yeah I was gonna say that's a big overlap between the Disney yeah. and plant communities interesting mm-hmm. well we 
are going to be recording our episode with you. And then we're going to have another episode recorded on your podcast. So you guys can be checking out both and listening. Mm -hmm. So on our show, we are going to be talking about the really cool back end of things when it comes to gardening and plants. And really, Marissa is going to be giving her perspective and some tips and fun tricks and just cool background knowledge about Disney and experiencing these things and having a really great appreciation for the gardening world and landscaping world of Disney. And then on your show, we're going to talk about the really cool house plants that plant parents can look out for when they go on their Disney trip, right? Oh yeah. Very fun. <laughs> cool. Well, let's let's get into this. Yeah. You ready? Oh, I'm so excited. Disney doesn't do anything half-assed. So, these <laughs> no, numbers are kind of ridiculous. They do not. True. Well, so doing research for this was kind of interesting too. So, big thing Disney World, I mean, I think that's what we're going to mostly be talking about is Disney World versus Disneyland. So let's kind of like clarify that. Yeah, sorry, everybody in California. We all grew up in Florida. So Yeah, yeah. let's like kind of clarify that. So Disney World is freaking humongous. It's on around like 25,000 acres of land and it's swamp land. Right. So mm-hmm. Walt, when he first envisioned Disney, he was like, well, it's cheap. Literally. <laughs> cheap yeah. land. Nobody's going to want this. So they had to like really bring in all this soil and take out all these like tr- plants that were already there. Like I can't even imagine like going through and just like plummeting through that area. Yeah, I know. They completely changed the landscape. Yeah, that's insane. So it's it's humongous, and there is about 4,000 acres of just landscaping, and that's among the theme parks, the hotels, any kind of public area. Uh, and there is about 600 cast members who are responsible for just the landscaping. There's probably more, um, especially since before COVID. Mm-hmm. Did you ever see anybody in regards to like landscaping or did you have any experience with people or seeing any kind of landscaping while you were there or were things kind of like separated? I personally didn't. So I worked on Main Street okay. and when I worked there, it was before. So now there's like the hub grass area in front of the castle, which is like a bunch of like grassy floor where people can sit and have picnics and stuff and some trees. Cute. When I worked there, it was mostly just like the hanging plants and like little plants, I guess. And so there is like at night because Main Street stays open like an hour after the rest of the park closes. So I was there late, 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 late. Mm. And you definitely see like they come through. People are painting everything, changing light bulbs, all that stuff. But I personally didn't see anybody working on the plan. Okay. But I'm sure they were probably there around the same time, like super early before the park opens for the next day. I feel like that would be a really fun job, though. It's just yeah. like... I know. If any of those 600 cast members were listening, we're so jealous. That's amazing. You just work with plants in Disney. Yeah, and that's... Like, that's a hard job, too. I feel like they're, the expectations there are so high in any any mm-hmm. form of, like, whatever cast member you are. I feel like there's a really high, clear expectation yeah. that perfection's – it's really perfection at Disney, right, that Disney has towards their cast members. Oh, yeah, for sure. And the guests definitely know that, too. Like, there was a very clear distinction between working at Disney and Universal. At Disney, I was expected to be a perfect – carbon cut out of a perfect person and the guests did not let me forget that that's for sure and a universal is much more relaxed people don't have that expectation there interesting so yeah 
it's tough at Disney for sure. I can see that. It's it's magic. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have yeah. to be you're right. performing all day regardless of what job you work at Disney. So Right. So let's get into this list because I think this first point really gives us a good scope mm-hmm. of how much effort goes into this. And for this one, I'll kind of describe it a little bit first and then get Marissa's input just because I, I'm not really giving anything away. So they plant species from all over the world. And remember, we're in like this hot, humid swampland where they had to literally test different plants to see what could survive Florida and how tropical it is. So they plant and replant millions of plants every single year. Team members or cast members plant around 3 million bedding plants annually across 300,000 square feet of flower beds. Mm. 3 million bedding plants as well as tending to the 175,000 trees and more than 4 million shrubs wow. that are around the properties. There are around 13,000 rose bushes alone at the resorts. 3,000 species of plants representing flora gathered from all over the United States and more than 50 foreign countries can be found throughout the resorts as well. To help them acclimatize to the Florida heat, Disney often brings them in literally years in advance of when they're needed, keeping them at nurseries and tree farms until such time as they're ready to be placed on stage or kind of in view of the public. So there's an incredible amount of work going into this. And growing up, we've taken tons of pictures by beautiful flowers and topiaries Mm -hmm. and all these really cool things that make Disney what it is. And so I would love to hear your thoughts on those numbers and like, What you actually see as a guest, like, do you think anybody realizes that there are millions of plants or is it kind of more like background as you're walking through just to create that environment? Oh, no. I, even me, I've been to Disney so many times, not to like brag, but I I have just (laughs) saying like, I've never noticed the plants like yesterday when we were prepping for this episode and I was just taking screenshots of like one walkway and you see so many different plants. It's crazy. I never realized it before. And I think like what like what you said they really do put all of the emphasis on making it like the background and making it bring you into that setting Mm -hmm. like every plant is there for a reason this to add to the theming and to get you i guess moved into that situation (laughs) i don't know the words ground you in that reality that you're in Mm -hmm. even like animal kingdom animal kingdom is built in like a bowl and so the park is is supposedly i don't know if it's true but it's supposedly uh two degrees hotter than any other disney park and it's <laughs> really? specifically oh wow yeah it's specifically because of the plants and animals that they have there to keep them in that like hotter temperature hotter environment huh. wow so they definitely do put like emphasis on everything that they do there's a reason for everything at the disney park it's pretty cool Wow, I did not. No, I mean, I, I, because I've been to Animal Kingdom a few times, and I feel like when you're entering, you're kind of like almost going in at a slope. So that kind of makes sense, almost. Yeah. Whoa. I know it's pretty cool. <laughs> well, an Animal Kingdom is humongous. That like isn't like the whole all the three other parks can fit inside Animal Kingdom. Am I right? It's something like that. I I'm not sure to be honest, but I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty <laughs> it's sure yeah. it's like Jupiter, like all of the other yeah, planets yeah. fit in it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's that freaking huge. Oh, mm-hmm. so cool. That's really neat. And I feel like there's a little bit of plant blindness and that like people don't think about it, but yeah. there's also a little bit of seamlessness. Mm-hmm. Like Disney wants mm-hmm. it to be smooth. Like you shouldn't notice it because it 
it fits. You know what I mean? Totally. Right. Totally. So fucking cool. Well, let's let's move into our next topic. So we're going to talk a little bit more about this too later, but let's talk about the topiaries. So there's about a team of 30 people who uh, help create the topiaries that we see at Disney World that they help produce about 4,000 hanging baskets every year as well. You can see them throughout the parks, throughout the rest of the resorts, and there's about 200 different designs. And there are three main types of topiaries. There's the geometrical the shrub characters, which we all know and love, mm-hmm. and then the sphagnum moss characters too, other really popular ones. So the geometrical topiaries are the simplest ones. It's just like really simple pruning um, and keeping it that shape. And then the character topiaries are the much more complicated ones. The artists have to create this sculpture. I was watching a video about it yesterday and just like from start to finish and it was really, really oh, cool. So cool. And just like the the metal work that goes into it and then just really creating and picking what kind of shrubbery is going to best fit with that character. And that you can really tell that, oh my gosh, okay, it is this character, especially with the coloring of everything. So pretty cool. Right? Like topiaries. I feel like they come out, you see them throughout the parks, but I feel like the big show is definitely the festival that happens, which started what yesterday, right? As we're recording this. Yeah, it started, yeah, I think a couple days ago. I'm not sure. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah, I was going to say one of my favorite topiaries, and the festival they're talking about is the Flower and Garden Festival, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's centered in Epcot, and my absolute favorite topiaries are walking into Epcot. Mm Right where all of the memorial walls are, yep. which I'm on one of them with my mom, by the way, because we were those people <laughs> when I was a baby. But um, there's a beautiful grass area, and I probably have pictures of Marissa and I, oh, probably sure. separately and together in front of them. And they always have at least three characters that yeah. are designed out of the shrubs. Mm-hmm. And we'll share a couple of pictures, but you'll be able to see that even like the colors of the plants are carefully chosen to... Yeah really imitate the look of that character and they take a long ass time to make so like while they're training them it can take them somewhere from five to 15 years before that topiary matures and ends up on the floor or on stage I should say (laughs) I'm sure you have a ton of memories of topiaries do you have any favorites that you've seen throughout the park oh my gosh so many. Well, okay. So the the new thing is Disney definitely. Um, I don't want to say steals, but steals ideas from TikTok <laughs> and small businesses and stuff like that. Because I don't know if you saw, but like this summer, the Ratatouille the musical was like yes. trending on TikTok. Remy the oh, Ratatouille, the rat of all of my dreams. Jillian can't join because she doesn't have a TikTok. Jillian needs a TikTok. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> oh, I watched it. I paid like my $5 and watched the Ratatouille musical with Wayne Brady. You bet your ass in the Adam Lambert. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> but they take, they definitely take the trends that are going and they run with them. Like, for example, I'm pretty sure that there's like a Ratatouille topiary this year. And if not, they're definitely for food and garden, or not food and garden, what's called food and wine. They had a ratatouille dish. So I feel like I do like those things that you can kind of see the trends throughout the park, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It just is unfortunate, like when it happens to a small business or like when it happens to like Instagrammers, for example, the, the purple wall trend. 
That was started by Instagram. And now Disney has it copyrights all over that. Stuff. That's crazy. So I guess it's sad, but that's definitely their style when it comes to choosing these topiaries and dishes and things like that. Yeah. Isn't the Ratatouille ride supposed to open this year too in France? It, well, um, in the France Pavilion area. Yeah, it's supposed to open October 1st, which is the 39th anniversary of Epcot. Listen, I'm hmm. I'm ready to, like, ride it and eat some crepes because they're opening a crepe restaurant. I know. They have macaron ice cream sandwiches there, and they're delicious. Ooh. The food at Epcot. I know. France is my favorite pavilion, too. They have the best chocolate mousse. Oh, my gosh. Listen to us. I love us. We totally got off topic. So, like, (laughs) amazing topiaries you've seen around the park. I can totally see them, like, hopping on trends then. Mm -hmm. So, I guess that means that there is some poor cast member right now that is trying to figure out how to take this topiary that he's been training for 10 years to be, like, Winnie the Pooh to become, like, Ratatouille. Mm. (laughs) But do do you have any, like like favorites that you've seen or anything like that I like okay so all right first I'll say a topiary and then I'll say something else but I like the phantasmic ones with Sorcerer Mickey always so oh, yeah. Oh, yes. and the Anna and Elsa one of course because Jillian's Elsa's my Anna mm-hmm. those are really cute nerd alert you guys are so corny I know <laughs> I'm just you kidding. think we're no, corny now? It. Like I leave like literally closet cosplay. It's like I Elsa and Anna. It's just mm-hmm. like we're I those do love people. It. So it's true. But more than the topiaries, I know we're talking about topiaries specifically, but more than the topiaries, my favorite is the butterfly garden for sure. And they have like all kinds of flowers and stuff in there. It's so pretty, and you can get really good pictures. Oh yeah, yeah, they're beautiful. And then. You would also mention Sphagnumoss topiaries. Mm-hmm. So I just want to touch on that before we move on because I have no idea what the fuck that means. So <laughs> Sphagnumoss topiaries can be produced much more quickly. The steel frame is stuffed with unmilled Sphagnumoss with vines or clumping plants being planted into the moss. And as the vines grow, they're secured to the moss-filled frame by hairpins. So a character topiary can be created in this way within mere weeks. So this would actually make a lot more sense if they did want to make like a ratatouille topiary on the fly. So instead of growing the evergreens into the frame, they're basically stuffing it and then planting into sphag, just yep. like houseplants parents do with like Hoya. Yeah, you can literally go up to them. I was watching a video about it yesterday and this guy literally went up into this topiary and just pulled out like all these hairpins. He's like, see? Huh. It literally is just like a little bobby pin. That's so guy. fun. Yeah, it was really cool. But like two with... <sighs> It was it Epcot that's been mm-hmm. under construction because the I forget what exactly is under construction right now. <laughs> the, aren't they getting rid of the future? The yeah, the, that whole future area. Yeah, they're, it's like yeah, like the fountain. They're basically taking yeah. out the fountain, and it's gonna be like Moana. Yeah, but Epcot in general is just going through a lot because then they're adding Cherry Tree Lane to, to England, and then the Ratatouille rides to France, and then the Guardians of the Galaxy ride is coming. So it's just yeah. all a mess. Wow. <laughs> So, like, depending on what's going on in the park, they have Mickey, Minnie, and, like, all of them, they are, to help, like, kind of relate to what's going on in the park, they're all, like, holding hammers and, like, measuring tape, and, like, so they kind of, like, change the characters around, like, Mm -hmm. with what's going on in the park, and I feel like something like that would be a sphagnum moss because something like yeah. quick like that so that kind of makes sense like a really quick turnaround yeah. i feel like this mm-hmm. also means that we could 
potentially buy some chicken wire. Oh my god! And fill it with sphagnum moss and create our own topiaries. That'd be kind of cool, actually. Just saying. That'd be kind of interesting. Actually, not that, not that crazy. Okay, so next, next, yeah, sure. So there's a lot. A lot, a lot of maintenance that goes into the park. And like we were talking about earlier. So our the cast members at Disney, they are up in Adam, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, right? And they get these tasks done before any of the guests arrive. So it's really overnight that they are working on this. And I feel like that's a lot. Maybe it's janitorial or whatever it may be. Maintenance, a lot of it happens overnight. But for these guys, they are doing things like weeding. They are chopping the deadheads off of the flowers. They're replacing the flowers maybe that can't with like stand the heat. Maybe it's a really hot day. And sometimes they even paint the grass green if it's brown due to weather stress. Because we know they'll cease to grow. In fact, they'll soon be dead. Oh, and yet we go ahead, painting the roses red. That's so funny. Cute. I love that. Literally. I mean, it makes sense. I don't think I've ever seen a dead flower walking through Disney. No. And I would invite anybody to try. <laughs> I mean, Marissa, you mentioned that you work super late some nights. Mm-hmm. I know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you would get off sometimes at like two or three in the morning. Oh, yeah. So you would see a lot of that overnight work. And you mentioned that's when they go around painting things, changing light bulbs, doing all of those things. Mm-hmm. So that's really when they're going through transformations, changing out like all of the poinsettias from winter to spring, mm-hmm. you know, and doing things like that. It's pretty incredible. I don't know. You mentioned that you've never really seen the gardening or maintenance crew, right? No, I mean, it probably would be different, too, if I worked in another park. But since Magic Kingdom has the tunnels, you can, most people use that to get to different areas of the park. Whereas, like, I feel like if I were, you know, in Epcot, I'd probably see them coming through with their cars or whatever, going to plant plants. But, yeah, as far as where I was, I didn't really see many people forgot about that wait so okay so i know about the tunnels at magic kingdom so there are there tunnels at other parks or is magic kingdom just the only one i'm pretty sure magic kingdom is the only one i think that they oh. plan to do the others mm-hmm. but i think it's really expensive i bet oh so, whoa because it we're technically yeah it's technically not underground because in florida you can't dig because level right so it's literally like the first floor and then when you're at on on the second floor of the park basically right yeah i forgot about the secret tunnels <laughs> secret tunnel did you so you did you okay can we talk about that for one quick second <laughs> yeah. so yeah. did you so when you like got to work did you like mm-hmm. kind of navigate through the tunnels and then like you're like okay i'm friends with anna we're gonna go out and do this yeah essentially it's like so there's a huge parking lot and from the parking lot, you take a shuttle and it's like really high security. Like you cannot get in unless you're on the shuttle. There's like gates and everything else. And so you pull into the shuttle. There's two stops. There's a stop in Fantasyland and then there's a main stop. And the main stop is literally the cafeteria. And then it takes you all around the park. So you basically just have to follow the path to get where you're going. Luckily, Main Street is super easy because you basically are dropped off near Fantasyland. So I would basically go under the castle just straight until I hit Main Street. But some places like Liberty Square and like all the things to the east or the west were really hard to figure out whenever I had to go there for a day or two. Whoa. (laughs) That's so cool to me. Okay, that's really cool. 
That's it awesome. is really cool. Yeah. Oh, okay. Doesn't have a lot to do with changing the flower beds, but it's just just fucking neat. Okay, yeah. <laughs> moving on. So the next point is clearing up hurricane damage, which unfortunately in Florida is a yearly job. And so, of course, a lot of the cast members have to go through and do damage control, essentially taking care of all of these carefully crafted landscapes that are blown away. So this could include flooding, pulling out plants that have been swept away elsewhere, and these horticultural crews are able to repair most of the visible damage within days with lots of overtime, but they they manage it and backstage work can sometimes continue for much longer i'm sure there's a lot of repair behind the scenes that we're not seeing but yeah it's definitely a big part of their job just keeping up with natural disasters which happen in florida oh yeah yeah because hurricane season runs from what like beginning of summer to like almost october november right Mm -hmm. yep but i will say a hurricane has struck florida in every single month except april historically wow i know i only know that because i was born in april and i was like i am the hurricane but like (laughs) historically that's the only month that we haven't gotten a hurricane sometimes off season they hit so were you were you ever like working when a hurricane was like happening like what is the procedure like at disney when a hurricane is because i know like you can cancel your trip to disney seven days prior to Mm -hmm. a hurricane and get a full refund there's no cancellation fees i know about that but as a cast member, what is the protocol? Like, cause like still people are there. It's not like they're shutting down, mm-hmm. you know, what, what happens? So I was there one year. I can't remember when it was. I want to say like 2017, probably 2016 or 2017 that there was a hurricane. I don't remember which one it was. And I did work at both Universal and Disney at the time. And I'm pretty sure the day it came, I was working at Universal I think it was supposed to hit like late at night and basically how would they operate is they go off of the city's curfew. Uh So like, for example, if there's a curfew at like 6 p.m. because the hurricane's going to hit at like 9 p.m. or something, then you basically do have to fulfill your shift until whatever curfew, probably like an hour before curfew so you can get home. And I remember I was working. It's kind of crazy because, you know, like you said, if people are spending all this money on a vacation, they want to get their money's worth. But it is pretty crazy to see tourists coming in on the day that a hurricane is actually happening and don't care at all. But (laughs) when I did work that day, like it was pretty much dead. Like, But there still were people coming in and trying to get their day's worth. But I remember the wind just being exceptionally crazy. And I don't know exactly, like, I'm sure there's a ton of procedures that go into prepping for the hurricane, but mostly what I know is that a lot of the buildings are just meant to withstand hurricanes and, like, mostly the winds, I think, is, like, the biggest thing they're concerned about. And I think Cinderella's Castle specifically can be, can withstand winds up to 96 miles per hour. I don't know, that's a very exact number, so I don't know if that's right. But I think that's how most of the buildings are as well. So I don't remember seeing any, like, type of strong impact windows. And I think as far as the plants go, I think they're just kind of like, we'll see who makes it. (laughs) (laughs) And do it. They might, like, take down trees or something, but that's as much as I know about how they prep for it. Dang. (laughs) Yeah. 
I bet it's just a lot of running around trying to clean up after it. Yeah. Yeah, because I think we went to Disney like two days before like a hurricane hit. And I was like, let's go. (laughs) And it was like raining all day. Like it was like, Mm -hmm. but it was like busy. But kind of like you said, like there's still people there. Mm -hmm. So we're all like huddled underneath like an awning. Right. (laughs) Wild, dude. And like trying to go on It's a Small World. Yeah. It's the most most Florida fucking experience. It really is. True. It really is. A lot of people go disney like because the hotels like they they know that they're gonna have generators and everything else mm. so a lot of people like go to disney specifically when a hurricane is hitting i'm pretty sure that almost every hurricane at least when i've lived here they've been like fully booked for the hotels because that's where people migrate to because wow. you know if you if your city loses electricity and you don't have a generator you're looking at who knows it could be hours or it could be weeks before you get your electricity back so at least they know at a disney hotel that they'll have running water and everything else that they need whoa that's really crazy to think about yeah yeah that never occurred to us growing up and there's a law in florida where if it's a natural disaster you the hotel has to accept your pet so a lot of people can bring their their cats and their dogs and have a little hurricane party in the hotel (laughs) they're also (laughs) legally not allowed to price gouge so they can't like raise their prices because they know there's a hurricane coming and they're gonna be booked i worked at a hotel where it was like a big deal if we raise our prices around a natural disaster Mm -hmm. whoa that's kind of cool, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The more you know. I know. Hurricanes. Interesting. Well, let's move on to another topic. So mowing the lawn. We've talked about Victory Gardens in the past and lawns and specifically just grass is like I cannot stand because there's just so much water that goes into it just for turf. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it's still a part of Disney. There's about 2,000 acres of just turf at Walt Disney World. It gets mowed at least twice a week and it requires an astonishing 450,000 mowing miles every year to keep the grass in shape. So that's about 18 trips around the world, which is insane. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking lot. Like, can Disney use moss or something? That would be great. <laughs> I know, or just like do something else with it. I don't know. Put another ride there. <laughs> okay. But as much as we're shitting on lawns because we think having a lawn at your home is just not as great as having native grasses, that yeah. would be so much easier to maintain and better yep. for the environment. Yep. Grass is a huge part of Disney. Like that lush green grass that you see everywhere yeah. with just open space is a huge part of walking around. And Marissa, I know you mentioned that like the hub grass is like a mm-hmm. spot for people to get together and chill yeah like I'm sure you have memories out there I really don't know like what that is specifically I almost feel like it is artificial turf because it's just like too perfect and also like (laughs) people sit on it and I feel like with sitting on it if it was real glass there would be like bugs and stuff Mm. so I don't know to be honest what that's made of but definitely like in Epcot you can see like all of the grass with the topiaries and the flowers by the water which is really pretty but yeah it's definitely not good for the environment that's for sure yeah they can't have dead space though I know. yeah true and i'm wondering if it has to do with their golf courses too because disney has what it's just one golf course area right or does each hotel i can't remember just one or two one or two yeah because it's i think it's like the espn area like that you go through and get like the Mm -hmm. wide world of sports yeah that's what it is so it kind of makes sense if like that number for 2000 acres yeah for is part of the whole like 
golf course kind of is like tied into that. I wonder. Mm-hmm. I bet you it is. Mm-hmm. Golf courses are expensive to maintain. Yeah. Oh Ugh, my gosh. I bet. There's a lot of environmental impact in Florida with this grass. I told Jillian about it. It might be a good episode idea for the future, but <laughs> we have like this problem where basically our Lake Okeechobee gets overflowing basically and they have to dump it into the ocean and so we get the red tide. Yeah. So basically like the biggest issue is people using fertilizer on their lawns and the nitrogen and phosphorus that gets into the ocean basically creates this huge algae bloom which kills countless animals and people. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it, it kind of sucks, honestly, having all this grass and golf courses. We just had the Arnold Palmer tournament last week, and there's no real solution to it because it's like, where are you going to put the water? And that's why there mm-hmm. hasn't really been a, a, anything solved for it yet. But yeah, it's a big problem here for sure. Dang. Yeah, red tide is kind of crazy. It's mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's pretty big deal when you're living out there. Really gross. Cause my grandparents live on the golf side, kind of like towards the Keys almost near Sarasota. And they, their beach house, and they experience red tide almost every year. And it kills one of their dogs. Um, A dog ate a dead fish and Mm -hmm. she had neurological issues after that. And they tried to, you know, have her good life, but unfortunately it did kill her and it was it was really sad and really mm-hmm. messed up but yeah and it's you can't breathe with the red right. tide anyway if you guys don't know what red tide is google it because it's yeah. kind of fucking nuts it's in the air it's, it's gross it's really bad yeah it's really bad big issue and a lot of it comes from the fertilizers and people's lawns mm-hmm. so there's a lot of lawn space that does need to be maintained and there's also a shit ton of plants to water <laughs> So, given the enormous number of plants at Walt Disney World, effective irrigation is essential. So, there are some 75,000 sprinkler heads and 2,000 miles of water pipes to help keep all of the plants well watered, with much of the required water coming from an on-site water treatment facility, which makes sense that they would do everything on-site. Elsewhere, a huge composting facility mixes water biosolids, Mm -hmm. which uh, biosolids, wooden pallets, and trash wood products, along with food waste from the resort's many restaurants, resulting in compost, which is used to fertilize the resort's grounds. That is, that's a lot of irrigation. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it makes sense that there isn't some poor cast member walking around, like, watering all of the topiaries, but yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't feel... I wonder when the sprinklers come on. I feel like they might come on overnight. It has to be overnight, right? Can you imagine you're like walking through and then like (laughs) you're in the Magic Kingdom and the sprinklers come on? (laughs) You're like, what the hell? (laughs) That's pretty cool. Let's talk about, let's move on to another point. Let's talk about managing pests. So we have, you mentioned we should do like a pest episode and talk about that. So we'll kind of touch on it a little bit and we've touched on a little bit before yeah yeah but aphids you nasty mealybugs you nasty you white flies you nasty and these are still very much a part of the plant life at disney so there's two ways that they combat this so the first is they use you know just your run-of-the-mill like commercial grade insecticidal soap and other chemicals to help prevent pests and keep it down the second and the really Fun one is uh, releasing the good insects that eat all the nasty ones. So that's where the ladybug comes in. They release 
a ton of ladybugs throughout the parks. And that really helps control the populations of all the nasty insects. And these are, you know, pests that we experience in our home too with our home house plants. And I love that you know, Disney and their horticulturists are just so smart in helping with preventative pest management. I love that yeah. they do that. You have to in a space that big. Like pests come with the plants, especially in a large outdoor space in the middle of the swamp. So it's good to use things like ladybugs and mm-hmm. lace wings and all those fun kind of insects to help yeah. help take care of stuff. Did you know, did you, okay, did you ever, see, this might be a random question, and I'll <laughs> give context in a second, but did you ever see like chickens at Disney? Chickens? No, I don't think so. Oh, so I read that chickens eat mosquitoes. Really? And that's what they help. It's not perfect, but they eat the mosquitoes and that's what helps keep like the population of mosquitoes controlled in Disney World. That's fun. I thought that was really interesting because I'm like, I love Florida, but the mosquitoes, I cannot stand. No. So when I read that, I was like, wow, I've actually never been like attacked or bitten by mosquitoes while going to Disney. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting too. That is kind of interesting. They do a lot of work to prevent pests. And so Marissa, I don't know if you've ever noticed the irrigation or I doubt you've ever seen any unwanted pests like aphids or thrips. Those kinds of things are really hard to spot, but maybe like ladybugs you have seen or Mm -hmm. bees or butterflies, especially in the butterfly garden because there are lots of those that you have seen around the park. Yeah, so definitely. I never realized before that the ladybugs were there intentionally. I definitely noticed that there were more ladybugs than I've ever seen anywhere at Disney World. So (laughs) that makes sense. But I did I don't really know about plant insects. Really, all I saw were like classic Florida bugs, like roaches that were just there because the swamp of Florida and um, like rats. Those were really all I saw. I'm kind of jealous of Disneyland because Disneyland has like cats that are there to kill the rats and the mice. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have that at Disney World. But I wish we did. That was really helpful. Yeah. Whoa. I thought that it was at both parks. All right. Maybe it was just Disneyland because I know about Disneyland, but I would have assumed, I guess, it was at Disney World. That's interesting. Yeah, there's probably some, but definitely not like, I don't think as many as at Disneyland. And this is going to sound awful, but as plant people, roaches are actually not not the end of the world. They come in landscaped areas a lot, so I doubt it's anything that they would fight off outside. I hate roaches. Yeah. I I grew up in Hawaii and I remember growing up, this is kind of gross, but like I was like probably like five and we turned on the lights and you could see the roaches scatter in our bedrooms. So like we had like it was so bad at one point that we had like a full on infestation and like so ever since that I like don't fuck with them. I'm really scared with them. Like, nope. I'm very anti-roach. That's why we're in Colorado. Exactly. I love <laughs> I love the no bugs here in Colorado. The no roaches, for uh, sure. <laughs> we called them palmetto bugs in South Florida. You call them what? Palmetto bugs. Palmetto. I've never heard that. Because you don't want to. They're like really, really, really big roaches. But you don't want to have to admit that that's what they are. So Ew. you call them palmetto bugs. Ew, okay. So sad. Unwanted guests at Disney. So let's move on to feeding the guests. Ah, so <laughs> there's not just animal residents of Disney's Animal Kingdom that are fed by the work of cast members. 
The plants in Epcot's The Land Pavilion are not just for show. There are more than 30 tons of fruits and vegetables grown in the pavilion that are served at Walt Disney World restaurants every year, including lettuce, cucumbers, and peppers. And I have ridden the land. I love it. Mm -hmm. And there is a restaurant right there in that area where you can eat food fresh from the land pavilion. Instead of giving my experience, because you all hear from me every week, (laughs) I'd love to hear Marissa's experience riding the land. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It really is the best. This is kind of off topic, but I'm going to share it. But I'm sure you guys have heard about the Meghan Markle interview with Oprah. Oh, yes. And so, you know, when she says that the queen was concerned about the color of her skin and Oprah like goes like, I know nobody listening can hear, (laughs) but they can see me. But Oprah like has like this gasp on her face. But there was a meme I saw today and it was like Meghan Markle and it was like, and they said they didn't want to ride living with the land. And then Oprah does that face. She like, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. I just need to say living with the land is super slow. Yeah. But it's so informative. So good. You see a ton of backstage stuff. Yeah. And it's one of the most accessible rides at Disney for literally mm-hmm. anybody because mm-hmm. you can ride right on with a wheelchair or yeah. Oh, yeah. whatever you need. Honestly, it's Service great. Service dogs are allowed on there too. Yeah. Yeah. What is your, what's your favorite place to eat at, at Disney? Ooh. Oh gosh. That's tough. I know. I mean, I love Epcot. I just love Epcot because I'm like a big fan of like tapas style, like small plates. And I like how at Epcot you can try a ton of different things. For sure. But like restaurant specifically, like a quick service restaurant, I would have to say the, oh my gosh, why can't I think of the name? It's in Liberty Square right next to Haunted Mansion. The Harbor House, Columbia Harbor House. Oh, yeah. So good. But there's so many good restaurants. Do you have a favorite restaurant, Jillian? I have specific foods I like from different places. Like okay. I have to get chocolate Okay, what's your favorite France. thing to eat then? The chocolate mousse at the France Pavilion is definitely <laughs> one of my top top things. I'm just a sucker for it. I also really love like all of the cheesy. <laughs> so like if you order like certain vegetables and stuff, especially at character dining places, they'll usually be in the shape of Mickey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's cute. It's so fucking <laughs> cheesy. But like even like riding the land, you can see them growing like little cucumbers yeah. and stuff mm-hmm. in the shape of Mickey. And it just makes my heart happy. <laughs> it, it, it tastes better than a regular cucumber. I don't know why, but it does. It does. Yeah. Mickey pancakes. I mean, Ugh. come on. I mean, I make those at home and I'm like <laughs> a little Disney <laughs> person in my kitchen. I'm like, hey, let's go Disney pancakes. Have you guys been to, oh, it's, what's the Pirates of the Caribbean Blue Lagoon restaurant? Oh, the one in Disneyland? Yeah. I haven't been, no. Is that not in Disney World? That one's not in Disney World? It's just Disneyland? Yeah. You mean the one that's like attached to Pirates where you can like see over the... Yeah. Yeah, that's in Disneyland. Yeah. Okay, well, that's my favorite place. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was in Disney World. I get them so overlapped all the time because we would go... Growing up, we would go to both all the time. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love that. We could talk about... We could do a whole food episode seriously. Oh, my God. That's not not what we're here for. We're here for gardening and landscaping and plants. The land. Honestly, the land is where you're going to see the most plants. Yeah. Just hands down being grown by Disney. And they also have like a behind the seeds tour, which... I've done. I didn't remember a lot of it, but I saw pictures. So confirmed. Have done. But they basically take you behind the scenes through a lot of their greenhouses and things like that. So if you're a plant geek, definitely 10 out of 10. Mm -hmm. Recommend. Well, cool. Well, let's talk about the one that we've already kind of mentioned. The best. The Epcot International Flowered and Garden Festival. Mm -hmm. 
that started a few days ago as we're recording this and it's one of the largest outdoor flower festivals in the world cast members produce dozens of floral and topiary displays in advance of the event and also participate in workshops and different presentations the team is also involved in another major epcot event so the food and wine festival which we did kind of mention for which they grow specialty herbs for use in demonstrations by chefs I have never been to the Flower and Garden Festival. What? I've only gone to... The, I know. I know. <laughs> I've only been to... Because there's... I think I've only been to the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. Because I remember them having like all the booths set mm-hmm. up at the different worlds. So I, yeah, I've only been to the Food and Wine Festival. Sadly, um, I've always wanted to go to the Flower and Garden Festival. Because it's just... Yeah, I just so freaking cool but you guys have both been Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what is like the highlight of that for you you go first Jillian honestly it's the whole thing is beautiful like everything is landscaped in a ton of colors the butterfly garden is beautiful and has a ton of flat I have so many pictures from the butterfly garden last time I was there and you don't really need to like spend any additional money to enjoy the flower and garden festival like the food and wine festival it's great to like have a pass so that you can try or, like, pay to try the food from all the different booths yeah. and things like that. Oh, yeah, there's, like, a stamp card, right? Yeah, there's something like that that I know you can do. But for the Flower and Garden Festival, like, you can just go to Epcot around that time and appreciate all of the extra things that have been done for it. So wow. it's pretty cool for anybody to just walk around and enjoy whether you're into plants or not. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. If you're a planty person, this is, like, your festival for sure because there are plants literally <laughs> everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you guys would appreciate the work that goes into it more than, like, your average guest because you know what it's like to take care of plants. But it's so fun. I definitely am a food person, so my favorite part of the festival is always the food. But <laughs> they also used to partner with Ocean Spray, and they used to have, like, a huge cranberry bog. I don't know if you remember that, Jillian. And they would have, like, the people, like, you know, from the commercials, the cranberry juice commercials where they're, like, wearing, like, those big, like, boots and they're, like, stomping yeah. around. Mm-hmm. They would have that there and they'd be passing out, like, samples of the cranberries. So that was pretty cool. I don't think they do that anymore or they haven't recently, but that was one of my favorite parts. That's pretty cool. And didn't you do the Food and Wine Festival recently or not? No, I didn't. Not this year. I haven't been since, like, 2018. Oh, okay. Mm. When does the Flower and Garden Festival run? It starts in March and I think it goes until June or July, correct? Yeah, I I don't know the exact date. I think it runs longer than usual this year, I think because of COVID and everything. But yeah, it, it runs for a pretty long time. Gotcha. I want to go. We, I know. I want to go so bad. Same though. We mentioned before, like having plant blindness, plant parents, you know, that lens is kind of like pulled back more and we're like just noticing the little finer details and there's just like such an appreciation for like, I mean, I know people, I'm not saying people don't appreciate it, but I'm saying from a plant parent perspective, there's definitely like a bigger appreciation and understanding of what goes into it. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, instead of being like, oh my God, there's so much greenery around me, you can be like, oh my God, look at all of this ivy that they use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look how good their geraniums look right now. And like all of this additional kind of, yeah. Exactly. Extra layer of appreciation there. Exactly. One day we'll we'll, we'll go back. We'll make a trip. Yes, come visit me. (laughs) (laughs) And then our last point was rides to go on. And the truth is a ton of rides are... 
they're geared towards the experience. A lot of them are indoors, so there aren't as many plant themed rides. That's not. <laughs> it's not really what Mickey, ex, you know, focuses on, even if that's what we love. So, as we already mentioned, living with the land is truly one of the greenest rides you can do because they take you through all of the agriculture and all of the processes that go on with their behind the scenes growing. And there is the behind the scenes tour, behind the seeds tour, (laughs) which is like a guided one hour tour through the land pavilion and all of their greenhouses. So when you're riding in the boat and living with the land and we're losing audience members, the more specific I get. But as you're riding in the boat and living with the land, and you can see like the glass panels where the scientists work and things like that yeah. behind the scenes. When you're on the behind the seats tour, you're walking through the other side of like those glasses. So you're kind of seeing the rest of the greenhouses that you're driving through on the ride. Have you done the behind the seats tour, Marissa? I haven't. I want to do it so bad. <laughs> I, I have it on my list. I heard they feed you. I heard too. Obviously during COVID, it's not happening, mm-hmm. but I don't think, think they're doing them right now due to COVID, but obviously pre-COVID, like, yeah, they feed you like different vegetables. Mm-hmm. They'll give you like, you know, a cucumber or salsa or like stuff like that, that they make. I, listen, we've talked a lot about food today. Anything that can motivate me to appreciate plants and food at the same time. Like that's my kind of attraction. I love it. Honestly. <laughs> We're very food motivated folks. (laughs) (laughs) And I would love to hear from all of you to hear if any of you have like been on a ride at Disney and noticed cool plants, especially as planty people. Like are there other attractions we should be looking out for? Yeah. And we're going to be, again, talking on Marissa's podcast Mm -hmm. um, and talking more about specific plants to look for as plant parents throughout the parks, throughout the rides. We're really going to be diving into that. So check us out over there. So spoiler alert, go check out the Mask Club podcast and we'll answer that question for you and tell you all about the attractions you can go visit. And let's do our small business shout out of the week. Jillian, what is your small business shout out this week? Oh man, I totally blanked as soon as you looked at me. Um, oh <laughs> no, okay, I got it, I got it, I'm here. So my small business this week is Lunalux Botanicals. It's run by a local here in Denver who is an absolute sweetheart and does everything with love and intention, which is one of the reasons I love her. They're all like bath soaks and body scrubs and she is very witchy and (laughs) very astronomically inclined. So she does all of these things with that in mind, including crystals and herbs that kind Mm -hmm. of help you achieve certain effects. So yeah, super cool. And I love her. And she started this company out of her apartment that's now been featured in Vogue and all kinds of other things. So super proud of her. That's awesome. Check it out. Mine has to be Living Decor Store. They are a local plant business here in Denver. It's run by my dog. (laughs) Hello. It's run by one of my coworkers, Andy, and we've worked with Living Decor Store. Um, we did an event with them back in, it was like October. And Andy is just like the sweetest person. And he has just supported us throughout this whole process yep. with our podcast. And he just really cares about creating a wonderful experience for his customers and really delivering um, custom plants to people. And 
Yeah, Living yeah. Decor Store. Check them out. They're awesome. I will also say he's like super heady and super into class, which oh, is yeah. kind of fun. And in addition to slinging plants, they're like great woodworkers. So yep. they make all kinds of wood installations and wooden sleeves and really beautiful things like that by hand for your plants, which is dope. Marissa, do you have a small business you want to shout out? Okay, yes. So this is a Facebook page. It's called Ear for Each Other, like E-A-R, like Mickey Ears, Ear for Each Other. So this is a Facebook page where it's specifically for furloughed Disney and Disneyland cast members. And so they post like their small businesses. So if you guys are interested, I know there's people on there that do like plant pots and succulents and things like that. So there's a lot of cool things on there. And for a business specifically, Okay, this is like an in-person thing. It's in Florida. So I guess for anybody who wants to come visit or anybody who lives here, but it's called the Lakeland Antique Mall. And they have all kinds of really cool stuff. They actually get like furniture from the Disney Parks and Resorts. So I'm going to shout them out. That's my pick, Lakeland Antique Mall. Okay, and I'm going to shout you out because you just did a video on the Lakeland Antique Mall on your YouTube page, which is Marissa Potts. And it was a super cute video and you found a lot of cool stuff, including... The fucking gold rose that like lived on the Disney oh, yeah. castle, on the Cinderella oh. castle that they have for sale. It's like all kinds of cool memorabilia oh, shit. and shit. So check out her YouTube channel to see a video all about the Lakeland Antique Mall. Yeah, thanks, shout out. Yeah, love well, that. And then why don't you tell us where to more where we can find you? Where else can we find you? Okay. Yeah. So for the podcast specifically, it's the Mouse Club Podcast. It's at the Mouse Club Podcast on Instagram. On Facebook, it's just Mouse Club Podcast. Or if you just want to link to all of these channels, you can just go to the website, which is the themouseclubpodcast.com. I'm working on a YouTube channel. I know I need the closed captions, but I, I have not figured it out yet, but that will be coming soon. And then for me specifically, my YouTube channel is Marissa Potts, and my name is spelled M-A-R-I-S-S-A. I'm not one of those weird double R Marissas. I don't like that. (laughs) Sorry to any double arborists who are listening. And that is Potts like Mrs. Potts. Yes, Potts, P-O-T-T-S. the freaking Disney character. I love that. (laughs) And then um, my TikTok is this Marissa.Potts. And my Instagram is at Little Miss Marissa. Miss spelled M-R-S. She's a married gal. Well, wonderful. And then you can find us. We are at Two Girls, One Plant Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, the YouTube, TikTok, Facebook. And Patreon. And Patreon. We have a new Patreon member, too. So thank you so much to Caitlin for joining our community. We're now best friends. So Caitlin and Lisa are like our little BFF club right now, and I'm fucking (laughs) loving it. So if you want to join Caitlin, you can find us on Patreon at Two Girls, One Plant, and that gives you lots of bonus content and extra stuff as soon as I figure out how to work better with Patreon and upload things appropriately. Yes, well, and too, when you join the Patreon, you do get access to our private Facebook page where we just talk more shit on there with everybody, so it's kind of fun. And I have to say, we get a lot of DMs with people asking for plant advice and plant tips and how to take care of their plants better. And we love you all, but our time does cost money. So if you want more tips and things like that, just join our Patreon group because we don't, we're really limited on time and that makes it easier for us to focus on you. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Just got to throw that out there. Yeah, for sure. And then we are on twogirlsoneplant.com, our shop, and then 
we let's see this is coming out next week yeah so this is coming out sorry i had to think for a second this is coming out next week we will be doing a discounted sale on our shop on the first day of spring so that's a few days from now that this episode is coming out on the 20th so we're going to do a little discount so make sure you get that discount code and go buy some fucking shirts and support us or Designs are hella fucking cute. So. Yeah, man. Do you think love is love? Are you a green witch? We've got a design for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Marissa, for being here. Um, again, guys, go check out her podcast, Mouse Club Podcast. We're going to do an episode with her. And you're just awesome. Thanks so much for being here and all your time. So thank you. Having me. It's just so much fun. Let's do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Yes. yes, for sure. And we'll talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.